Chicago Tribune critic Dave Kerr compared this movie to the sort of queasy fever dream that might be produced by sitting through an entire Orson Welles film festival while eating pepperoni pizzas. Rita Kempley of the Washington Post called it more like my beautiful laundrette in the closet than it is a bad ripoff of Lethal Weapon. And Letterboxd user Colin the Dude hails it as less a movie than it is a roided out three-ring circus captured on camera by bystanders. A spotlight display of big dicks mounted on a madhouse mantelpiece. It's all for show. And ringing through your head for as long as you're watching is a soft voice repeating itself over and over again. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. Holy shit. This is a movie. On this episode of Ruined Childhoods, we decide the fate of Tango and Cash. Reboot. Which one will it be? It's the Ruined Childhoods Podcast. Greetings, Starfighters. Hi, Dan. Hey, John. And also, hi, Eric. Our wonderful guest, Eric Goslin's here. What's up, dude? Oh, hello, guys. How are you? If you don't know who Eric is, he was my co-host on the world-famous podcast, Hey Teens, (laughs) as well as uh, Mm -hmm. some other weird stuff we got ourselves into, and is now co-host of the Killstreak podcast with Mike Price, which is kind of like a thematic cousin to Ruin Childhoods because you guys talk about franchises, whereas we just, you know, imagine uh, new ones. So, yeah. yeah. How's how's that been going? Uh, It's been super fun. Basically, the premise of the show is uh, Mike Price and I are big horror movie buffs, and then uh, we will pick a franchise and watch every single movie in that franchise and record an episode for each of those movies. And then at the end of it all, we kind of just uh, canonically rank which one of the movies is the best, uh, cool. like worst to best. Yeah. Um, and we have some like making of stories along the way, play fun games. It's a real blast. But yeah, it is sort oh. of a spiritual cousin to this uh, to this yeah. podcast. Yeah, you yeah. guys just wrapped up your alien uh franchise those movies rule (laughs) and now we're we started doing phantasm now oh right on cool yeah i I actually just started the alien series of episodes i just listened to the alien episode and um was like you know as i often do and especially when i listen to movie podcasts like you know throwing in my two cents like i'm part of the conversation Mm -hmm. (laughs) i'm doing this as i'm I'm like taking a walk around my neighborhood and i'm and i'm talking i'm like oh yeah no alien three has yes you're so right about that (laughs) (laughs) yeah those movies were the most fun we've done i think of any series oh you think so it turns out there's a lot of really fucking bad movies in, like in all of horror movies like sequels there's some real yeah. stinkers. Yeah, I really liked the, you know, the most recent alien movies. Um I liked Alien Covenant. That's yeah. is that the latest one? Yeah, that's the latest I thought one. That, that was really good. It it's was a lot super of fun. fun. <laughs> it's kind of like a return to form. I haven't seen that one. Yeah, it's good time. Oh, Dan, you should totally I'll check to it che- out. 
Jesse I feel Smollett's like Prometheus. <laughs> Jesse oh, Smollett. Jesse Smollett's in it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. Cool. Does he like does he stage an attack by a bunch <laughs> yeah. of aliens? And... Basically, yeah. He gets a, he, it's he has a there's a weird all right, spoilers, guys, for Alien Covenant. There's like yeah. before tw- before the end of the movie, like twenty minutes left in the movie, there's a full on shower scene, like sex scene. It's like, oh, wait, yeah. what, are you, what are you, why is this happening? This I've never seen that happen that late in a movie before. Well, we're about to talk about a movie with quite the shower oh, scene. Oh, yeah. Indeed. But first, I want to talk a little bit about um, our last episode. We covered the Her- the Werner Herzog classic Fitzcarraldo. And uh, I wanted to just clear up one thing that we left kind of dangling on the last one. Uh, because we were talking about what Klaus Kinski may have been up to during the Second World War. And it was just a <laughs> it was just a simple uh, Wikipedia uh, skim away. But so I'm just going to read this straight from Wikipedia. But during the Second World War, Kinski was conscripted at the age of 17 into the German uh, Wehrmacht sometime in 1943 and served with the German Air Force as an elite paratrooper. He saw no action until the winter of 44 when his unit was transferred to the Netherlands. He was captured by the British on his second day of combat. Kinski gave a different version of events in his 88 autobiography. Big surprise there. (laughs) Uh, He said that he made a conscious decision to desert and he had been captured by the Germans, court-martialed as a deserter and sentenced to death, but he escaped and hid in the woods. That Ooh. is such a Kinski spin on things. Yeah. A British patrol uh, opened fire on him. He was wounded in the arm, and they took him captive after being treated for his injuries and interrogated. Kinski was transferred, allegedly, to a prisoner of war camp in Britain. The ship transporting him was torpedoed by a German U-boat, but <laughs> arrived safely. He was held at a prisoner of war camp. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, um, okay, the German POs were anxious to return home. Kinski had heard that sick prisoners were to be returned first and had tried to qualify by standing outside naked at night, drinking urine and eating cigarettes. He remained <laughs> healthy, however, and was finally returned to Germany in 1946 after spending a year in four months in captivity. That is the most Klaus Kinski shit. Not the last time he did that, by the way. Neither totally. the first nor the last time he did that. That, that was just the, the only time Klaus it served Kinski a purpose. Thing I've ever heard. Um, I love. So he, I love the like. He was oh. like a failed Nazi. What? <laughs> yeah, I mean, who knows what the real story is with him? You know. I love that in his version of it, he was too strong to be sickened by drinking <laughs> urine and eating cigarettes outside in this winter. <laughs> yeah. So, so Eric, um, I know that you're also a like film school nerd yeah. uh was was Fitzcarraldo part of your uh I guess early film upbringing Fitzcarraldo actually came a little bit later for me I guess I didn't see that movie until I was in my 20s oh. uh when I was going through a, a Werner Herzog kick um but I think the one that always I always came back to though I've been meaning to rewatch his movies um it's been a while as my man while. Aaron Lewis said <laughs> <laughs> call callback to a joke I made off air. Um, right before we started, yeah. <laughs> it's a uh, uh Strosek is is yeah. one that I always really loved. Um, and that and was of course, Kinski was in that one too, right? Uh I, I don't think King, no, Kinski's no, no, no. not in that one. It's um it's the other guy who is in um uh Casper Hauser, oh, is that his name? I uh I can't remember the, the Dieter. Um, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, I, I'm a. I love. I love Herzog. It's just. It's been a. 
Yeah, we had a lot of fun um, watching that one. Dan had never seen it before. He actually he hadn't seen any Herzog oh, yeah. before. No, that's my first. Yeah, total blank spot. In Dan's uh, movie viewing so history. Bruno, Bruno S. That's it. Bruno S. Yeah, there you go. Um, but, and you should check yeah. out uh, the documentary of A Burden of Dreams. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys talked about that on the episode, but it's it's yeah, really we, crazy. We played a yeah. bunch of uh, clips from it just because you know the way. Herzog speaks. It, I feel like that uh, documentary is the perfect encapsulation of like everything that you think you know about Herzog, like wrapped into mm-hmm. you know little sound bites. But it's so good. Did you ever hear the story about how Joaquin Phoenix got into like a rollover accident outside of? Well, he, I won't spoil it. He got into a rollover accident like on Mulholland Drive, and uh, as he's being pulled out. Like still conscious, he Herzog was like, "Everything's going to be okay." He hurts. It was like right in front of Herzog's house, and he like he like pulled Joaquin Phoenix from the wreckage. See, is this like, is what I something love about he, him. I feel like I have heard that story. That that yeah. does ring a bell. He's he's kind of like you know how there's like all those Bill Murray stories where everyone's just mm-hmm. like, and then he just like came and party with us. I feel like Werner Herzog is like the opposite side of that same coin where it's like he'll show up and like do something like something completely weird and Werner Herzog-y and almost like the nobody will believe you type of thing that you hear from mm-hmm. Bill Murray stories. <laughs> yeah. And he's a madman and I think it reflects it in his the way he lives in his experiences. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Um Dan, did you have anything else that you want to talk about with Fitzcarraldo or anything else? No, no. I'm all I'm tapped out on Fitzcarraldo. Uh, <laughs> that yeah, white suit no, got I'm, real dirty. Yeah. I, that's <laughs> what, one thing I was thinking out. about that whole time. It was just like, how is that thing not just so disgusting at, yeah. all the time? I, well, look, I'm that was not a that was not gonna be a nice smelling set like no set. <laughs> no i mean well yeah was that the set one where they tried to kill place. each other i i don't know if it was that one or agire the wrath uh, well, of god oh, okay yeah i think it, i think on that one i heard a crew member offered to kill kinski yeah which is like on not, the, not the last time that happened on the, this movie called crawl space i think they also like <sighs> the director may have inquired about a hitman to kill kinski <laughs> Amazing. Just absolutely incredible. Yeah. I have his book here somewhere. I just haven't read it. I just got well, it at a thrift store. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about Tango and Cash. Oh, what? howdy. Boy, howdy. Yeah. So typically what we do is I'll I'll do a little um, synopsis of the movie for anybody who isn't familiar, but this is uh, less for the two of you guys because, I mean, come on. It's Tango and Cash. But mm-hmm. uh, afterwards, feel free to let me know if I if I missed anything important, all right? It's all important. <laughs> yeah. Let's do it. Ray Tango and Gabriel Cash are two of the best cops in L.A., and nobody dislikes them more than they dislike each other. That is, of course, with the exception of criminal mastermind Perrette, whose business is constantly interrupted by either Tango on the west side of town or Cash on the east side of town. But rather than killing them and making them martyrs, he plans to frame them and have them sent to prison. Or is that the plot of Batman Returns, which I also watched the other night? I think it's both. But in the case of Tango and Cash, Perrette's plan works, and through his connections in the SoCal criminal underworld, Tango and Cash are sent to general population prison to face the grimy criminals they both had a hand in putting away. 
But because he can't help himself, Perrette and his goons have Tango and Cash taken out of their cells late at night to be tortured and killed. After that is broken up by security, Tango and Cash cook up a plan with one of Cash's pals on the inside. They face off against a group of inmates, led by a large-jawed hothead known as Face. After they break out, they separate and plan to collect information before regrouping. Tango tells Cash that a girl who works at the Cleopatra Club named Catherine would know where to find him. Cash manages to get the unedited footage from the night they were framed from the audio specialist who testified against them in court. Meanwhile, Tango finds the cop who busted them at the scene of the crime and gets him to admit that he was paid off. But he ends up being killed off in a car bomb while he tries to get away from Tango. They both find Catherine, but Cash finds her first at the club, where she's a dancer and shitty drummer. Though the place is swarming with cops, Catherine gets Cash out of there in disguise and takes him back to her place, where they engage in a sexy massage. Leading the audience and Cash to believe that she is romantically involved with Tango, we soon learn that she is Tango, Catherine Tango, Ray's little sister, and Ray Tango does not approve of the flirtiness between his sister and Cash. Prepared with the evidence they need to clear their names, their first mission is to get rid of Perrette. They meet up with Cash's gizmo guy, Owen, who loans them a brand new urban assault vehicle fully equipped with rockets, guns, and FaceTime. They storm Perrette's compound and blow a bunch of shit up. When they finally get to the main building, they face off against Perrette's main henchman, as well as a martial arts guy who seems to really hate glass shelves, judging by how <laughs> often he kicks through them. That's when they find Perrette, who has Catherine hostage in a hall of mirrors, which every office has, right? Tango and Cash, both master detectives, figure out which one is the real Perrette and shoot him in the damn head. They escape and are officially back to being heroes, celebrating with a miraculous high five. Uh, so Tango is played by Sylvester Stallone, Cash is played by Kurt Russell. Uh, we have Jeffrey Lewis, who was in Deep Impact, which we covered two episodes ago. Double Impact. Double Impact. What did I just say? Deep Impact. Deep Impact. We did that one like 50 episodes ago. A while ago, yeah. <laughs> uh, playing like the same level of frenzy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is in double impact. He does he, yeah. he he does the same like exposition when he's like your twin brothers and yeah. he does like the same thing and he's somebody set you up. And, oh, yeah. and again I wanted it to be William Devane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, William Devane would have killed it in this movie. Okay, Eric, have you seen his like gold commercials? Uh William Devane? Yeah. It sounds vaguely familiar. I have to send you some. They are off the rails. They are completely insane. I just love that all of those like aged actors are doing like, yeah. like I think this came up on, on the double impact episode, but like Tom yeah. Selleck's reverse mortgage commercials. Uh -huh. like, yeah. We so should good. all be so lucky to get to that level of success where like our, you know, last chapter is doing that kind of shit. Yeah. Oh, please. Yeah. I would kill yeah. to do any of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so, um, and Jack Palance plays Perrette, and this is the same year that he did Batman, where he's yeah. the, like, at least the beginning, the the big bad guy, mm -hmm. but it's funny, it's a very similar character, he didn't have to work too hard, I guess. Except one thing I love about Perrette in this is he is the king of unnecessary visual metaphor. Like oh the God. Hall of Mirrors, the, the rats, the, the rats with the maze. I'm the like, maze, did yeah. he just did he just have this shit laying around, or was he was he like, I need something constructed for a visual metaphor? 
I need a giant <laughs> screen made up of littler screens behind yeah. me. <laughs> yes. Well, that's just tango a sign of success. Cash, cash in tango. Tango. Ray, tango. He's done it to us again. If it isn't tango, it's cash. Tango and cash, cash and tango. These two cops are driving me crazy. We have to do something about this. I agree. I would like to handle this myself, Mr. Fred. No, we will handle it. No. Not that way. I have something else in mind. So that clip is from the very beginning, right after we meet Tango, who does one of my favorite things in movies, which Dan, Mm -hmm. you probably know what I'm talking about. Whenever somebody in a movie references a kind of recently released movie. And in the case of in this case, it's like super meta. Did you check the first panel? It's full of gas, sir. We checked the whole truck, asshole. There's nothing in it. And you're out of your neighborhood, big city boy. I want your badge. I want your weapon. I want your ass. Who in the fuck do you think you are? He thinks he's Rambo. Rambo is a pussy. (laughs) Audience bursts into applause. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. And also... aplenty. But also, it's like, that sets the stage for like mm-hmm. the vibe of the whole movie. He shoots an oil tanker that's filled with cocaine and calls Rambo a pussy. Yeah, right. I really want to set this up because it is one of the most brilliant, dare I say, <laughs> introductions <laughs> to a character. He sta- in In the middle of a desert, this lone detective stands <laughs> down a tanker truck full of gas and we find out cocaine and... <laughs> shoots first shoot, straight up shoots at the windows of the of the uh, tanker truck forces them to stop and they come flying through the through the fucking windshield of the of the tanker truck yeah. it's just an incredible like three minutes of of filmmaking <laughs> i look i want every movie to start that way I, mm-hmm. I have a question though so he he empties the bullets out of his gun and puts different something else in. like different bullets in yeah does like, anybody know what the deal with that is I would, I guess maybe they're just like softer. They're not like steel cased or something or uh, whatever. I don't know much about ammunition. Surprise, surprise. But maybe they're just like <laughs> softer bullets because they don't. Maybe they're actually like uh, like special bullets that are filled with uh, actually just like tons of cocaine so that he can prove <laughs> so he a point. So he yeah. looks good to his, his uh, superiors. Yeah. <laughs> It's the 80s. Anything is possible. This movie has real big cocaine uh, energy. Absolutely. I was also... Oh, yeah. So, okay, first of all, Sylvester Stallone, this is during a period in his career where he's like, he's mid-yoked. You know, Mm -hmm. it's like, before this, he was like completely yoked. And then there's like this movie, then he was in like... Is it Oscar, the gangster movie? It was like yeah. right yeah. after this. Stop or my mom will shoot Stop you around this shoot. time. Yeah. And then he gets like re-yoked when it comes time for like, for a cliffhanger, right? Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. cliffhanger mm-hmm. was the big like, he's back. Oh, he does yeah, Rocky he just, like, Four after this one. Yeah. He just wears Rocky. suits for a couple of movies and. Or five, yeah. I'm sorry, five. Rocky Five, yeah. Well, he did Rocky, yeah, Rocky yeah, he, that's right. He does Rocky Five, yeah. 
Yeah. That is the immediate next yeah. one. And this and is like yes. the first of, I, I mean, I assume this movie flopped, right? It was, a, I know behind the scenes, it went like $20 million over budget. It was oh, a complete yeah. disaster. Like they fired, I know too much about this movie. <laughs> they fired well, like three different directors or something on it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Ba- they fired the DP. Be- uh, Barry Sonnenfeld was the original DP. And he yeah. imagine how like, good this he, would have looked if it was Barry Sonnenfeld. He wasn't he wasn't lighting Stallone properly. Mm hmm. Yeah, I and I imagine that this was a total ego trip for Stallone. Oh, and, yes. Stallone, I think, is like notorious yeah. for he likes working with first time directors because he can just bully them and just, yeah. you know, he's sort of just like directing it himself. And the director of this is like this Russian director, which is like, I think he had some acclaim before this. He didn't do much in America after this. Huh. He yeah, did Runaway Train, was his like big one okay. before this. Yeah. Like, I think Eric Roberts and mm-hmm. Rebecca De Mornay. Yeah, like John Voight. Yeah, it's it's a it's a cool oh, movie, yeah, yeah, but it's yeah. similarly crazy. I do have some Sly Stallone news, by the way. There were uh, reports that he uh, signed up for a membership at the Mar-a-Lago Club mm-hmm. and Resort, but uh, he responded very emphatically that it is not true. So, oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, something that seems totally true, Yeah, I guess is absolutely not I had true. no trouble believing it. Oh, not at all. Yeah, I know, but I was like skimming through just before we were recording. I was like skimming through his Instagram and it's like, you know, it looks like he's been really responsible with like mask wearing and stuff like that. So, you know, good on him. Okay. Make it, you know, yeah. putting putting forth a, a positive image. Yeah. So so one thing that came up in in your the Gabers episode that uh I yeah. wanted to bring up was like, was your household an Arnold house or a Stallone house? Because that really rang true to me. I think we were an Arnold house because I think my dad just liked him more. Our, yeah, we didn't have any parental influence. Mm. I would say I, I would say we leaned Arnold. We leaned Arnold. That's for yeah, sure. I always did, too. I mean, twins like like because, right, because I think because Arnold went family friendly first. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, if you don't count mm-hmm. rhinestone, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or stop or my mom will shoot, which was still a little bit later. But mm-hmm. yeah. But I mean, I, like, yeah. Yeah. We he also just like had a yeah. he had a sense of humor. And like when Stallone was trying to show a sense of humor, it just didn't seem all that true. No. Yeah, exactly. It all like it seemed like he was trying to keep up with Arnold like going yeah. more family friendly and um oh yeah the reason I, I i wonder if this movie flopped because then like oscar was a flop yeah and stop for my mom or Sh- will shoot was definitely a flop and so he's sort yeah. of like in in the start of like a a little bit of a dip down in his career but yeah. then you know cliffhangers after that in the movie Slaps. cliffhanger's great it's oh, so good john lithgow Cliff- oh my well, god it's so good 93 he had cliffhanger and demolition man so that's a that's a one two right there mm-hmm. yeah yeah, he's back. So, Sly's back. He's Sly's had a number of you know ebbs and flows in his career because then he you know he kind of you know faded away again. Did a lot of you know whatever like Eye of the Shark, like straight yeah. to DVD. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like him and Eric Roberts or whoever, and uh, and then it was like Expendables, or I, I want right. to say the fourth Rambo movie, which was. John Rambo is a guilty or... pleasure of mine. 
Is that I, when John Rambo or just Ram no Rambo is what's after John Rambo? Right? Well, no Rambo, like Final Blood, is that's the latest, was the one, most right? recent. The right, other one yeah. was going to be called John Rambo, and then they just called it Rambo. Yeah, that's hard to keep like, track. That one's a big guilty pleasure of mine too. Yeah, especially like the last twenty minutes where people are just exploding into like big sacks <laughs> of blood. It's insane. It's, oh, I don't know if I've seen so, that one. It's so over the top. It's over the and top. Over the top. Is a over the top. Yeah, over, over the top. <laughs> over the top. Eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yeah. Yeah. Over the top's great. Mm -hmm. I love over you the can't, top. You can't buy a copy of Tango and Cash or Demolition Man without also getting a copy of Over the Top. It's like <laughs> Oh, they're, they're it's, in the three pack? A three pack, double pack, even if you just think you're just buying the one movie. Mm -hmm. there's, what is this? Oh, oh special feature over the top. The entire <laughs> movie yeah. over the top. Plus the Kenny Loggins music video. Oh, uh, yeah. Sammy Hagar music video. Or not. What? No, I'm thinking Meet Me Halfway. Well, he also over there's the also a Sammy Hagar music video. I guarantee it. Oh man, I'm, I'm looking well, it up. I don't know. Over the top, Sammy Hagar video. Uh, winner takes it all from the movie Over the Top. Okay, from... I always think of Meet Me Halfway because it's got that great montage during it, and it's big like ballad. Meet me halfway. It's like. <laughs> I don't know. Awesome. You can imagine it like ends with kind of like the big like Tango and Cash ends with that high five where yeah. where it's just like, oh, never let go. And <laughs> yeah, I feel so, like over the top ends the same way. I don't, so yeah. talking about that high five, you know, there's a at least one like false start high fives where it's like they're about to and they're just like, wait a second. No, we hate each other. And, uh, you know, so then it's like when they do it, we're supposed it's to be such like, a rom-com moment. It is a rom yeah, I was just about to say it's a rom-com yeah. setup. Yeah. The thing oh, is, it's like movie... when they're about to hug, yeah. it's like they're celebrating and they're about to hug each other. Like, oh, no, we disagree. Yeah. This, this movie, I mean, yes, that's also like, we can't acknowledge that we're friends, but it's also, there's also a lot of like gay panic going yeah, on. Yeah. And this like movie, Woody, oh, Woody thinks Cash is going to suck his dick in the shower. <laughs> yeah. He's <laughs> like, wait, what are you doing? What are you doing? Okay, yeah. So let's so talk about much. that for a second. So when they are first getting to prison, for some reason they have this like giant private just the two of them shower moment where mm -hmm. they walk in and just talk about each other's dicks for about three minutes. Uh-huh. Well, <laughs> they're in this giant shower room, yet they've chosen the two showers next to yeah. each other. <laughs> We have full butt shots too, which I we certainly a, do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, we've and already had gratuitous like boobs. We need, you know, right? I feel like that's one of the things that this movie is known for, though, is the the ass shot of them walking into the showers. Mm -hmm. Can I make a, a little bit of a confession? Because you just brought up the gratuitous boob shot. This was the first movie that I in. I'm gonna go a little blue here. I'm sorry that I intentionally or well, unintentionally got a boner to. <laughs> Because this we had this on VHS. Um, is this like why you just, wanted to do this episode? That's why John awesome. is like, we're, would Tango and Cash be gone? Like, yes. <laughs> so you got, um, you got stiff right then and there. Yeah. <laughs> we had this on VHS, which I think was like taped off of HBO or like Cinemax or something. And um, my parents were asleep. Mm. I, I had to close my eyes during the back room scene of that insane club. And I hope we get more into that club later because it makes oh, no will. sense. 
And uh, so I had to close my eyes. So I knew there was something good going on there. My parents are asleep. I sneak out and I pop that VHS tape in and fast forward to that part. And boy, howdy. I was just like, holy shit. And then something happened, which had never happened to me before, really. I, it wasn't, a, I didn't, I did not complete, guys. But, uh, <laughs> but it was that was like, going to be my follow up question. I suddenly got like, I was young, so I was it's like, a very what? short scene. <laughs> it is, yeah, exactly. I was like, "What yeah. the fuck's happening?" Uh, and then got freaked out, you know, took it out, and then later, <laughs> I was. Wait, what did you take out? Okay. Oh, <laughs> I took the VHS tape out Whoa. of the VCR, guys. Come on, I did it with my dick, though. I pressed the eject button. <laughs> um, and then later, I felt so guilty because I. I thought Santa Claus wasn't going to come visit me for Christmas. So I told my mom I did it. (laughs) Oh, I love it. That's so funny. And there may have actually been Roadhouse thrown in there, too. I may have also thrown in that. It's kind of getting a little blurry in my head, a little mixed up. But yeah, those two movies left an interesting connection between these two movies is that Patrick Swayze was originally cast as Cash mm, and yeah. dropped out wow. to do Roadhouse, which bravo, Mr. Swayze. Yeah. Good choice. Because For now a couple we have of reasons. Both. Yes. Yeah, because we have both. And Kurt Russell is so good in this. And it, it really oh, yeah. makes me, it reminds me of how much I love Kurt Russell. And, you know, in the in the discourse of like action movie stars, I feel like his name isn't brought up enough because mm-hmm. we do have people like Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Van Damme and whatever. But uh, Kurt Russell's so much fun because he brings like a totally different energy to things. Yeah. Uh, I know we haven't done uh, Big Trouble in Little China yet, but I'm so excited just be, oh, just to yeah. watch him in this era with that hair doing it. That it's hair so good. is incredible. It's um, amazing. Him and him and like Mel Gibson. I know we're not really don't really talk about him much these days with good reason, <laughs> but they had the most incredible yeah. feathery hair back then. Yeah, so right now my hair is like the longest it's ever been and I'm mm-hmm. really tempted like once I feel safe with it to not get my hair cut but to go to somebody <laughs> to get it styled and just be like, do the cash. Give me the oh, cash. Please. Yes. <laughs> oh my God, that would look incredible. Please. Oh, I would love it. What just a way to, like, to have it. come out of quarantine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> with your hair like feathered. That, I, and it's also like Patrick Swayze had like the same hair, didn't he? In, in yeah, like in that much. era. Yeah. Oh, yeah, go this for it. movie Please, had, for me. I can't. I have su- no hair. Surprising, <laughs> surprisingly, this movie is the one that didn't have the throat ripping. It feels yeah, like it would. It feels like it would. The violence, I'll say, isn't as extreme as it should have been, I think, for, for this movie. It should have gotten like a little bit more over the top. No pun intended. Over the top. Yeah, they, over the top. There's there's big explosions and, you know, there's people getting shot, of course. But, yeah, yeah I don't know. Even like at the end with the karate guy or whatever, you would, I don't know, expect something bigger to happen. Yeah, like an impaling but, or something. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. It's a little anticlimactic. It's yeah. well, it's it's so disjointed. This movie is so so disjointed. Um, so the other thing about this, when I first saw it, I'm sorry if I'm derailing uh, <laughs> here. Um, <laughs> was that like 
and I was thinking about it during this viewing. I just thought this was a normal movie about cops. You know what I mean? It never yeah. watching it for the first time. I, I had the same experience with like Face Off. It's like, oh yeah, this. I thought this oh. was a normal movie <laughs> and not completely insane. Completely bananas. Yeah. Well, so uh, when I put it on the other night, um, Laura, my wife, for mm-hmm. our listeners, uh, she popped down and and i was like oh do you want to watch this with me and she's like sure i've never seen it and i was like before i press play what do you think it's about (laughs) and she was like okay it's two guys named tango and cash who are cops and they're trying to stop a bad guy who has something to do with drugs and i was like oh yeah well (laughs) you know yeah Nailed it. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, there's certainly a lot going on otherwise, but uh, her mind was blown. She loved it. Mm. And, you know, of course, it has its problems, as pretty much every movie from 1989 would have. But, Mm -hmm. man, it is just enjoyable. It is enjoyable. That's that's the thing. Like, it's just a blast. The scene where we... uh, you know, we we meet Catherine at the beginning, but like when we really meet Kiki, as she is known at the Cleopatra Club, mm-hmm. where she's doing this like crazy like dance in this like sequin thing, and then like her, uh, she does this weird like, like a Sheila drum e thing thing. Yeah. yeah, and she's and the drumming is terrible. It's completely offbeat with like it's, whatever song. It doesn't happening. make any sense. Uh, what a what a scene! What but is like, this club? Our jaws are on the floor. The Cleopatra Club. I don't what know, but the I want Cleopatra wanna... Club. It's not like it's not a strip club. It's it's it's, it's like an eighties. It's like an eighties version dancing? of burlesque. I like mm. I don't know. I I really like striptease, but not. I don't know. Yeah, yeah I don't know. It's it yeah. It's not worth the mental energy trying to figure no. it out. You're just like you you're just like okay, plot device and you know, she uses her wiles it's, to it's a club distract that's, the cops. It's a club that's theme is the feeling of being on cocaine. Yeah, see, I think that's like if that were yes. to exist in real life, it would be where businessmen bring yeah. their clients to to do cocaine. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's crazy, right, guys? Like, and then we get more gratuitous boobs. And more gratuitous yeah. boobs. And gratuitous right. boobs. Thank God. Uh, I was talking earlier about how much I am fascinated by movies that reference other recent movies. I want to play another clip. This is um, this is Tango speaking with, I think, his... I think the captain with Jeffrey Lewis's character and uh, mentions another 80s movie. Your ship's come in. There's a big bus going down to 4942 Front Street. Great. Is that reliable? It's very reliable. It's a phone tap. Fantastic. What the hell is this? Downtown clown versus Beverly Hills WAP. <laughs> All the news is fit to print. I don't understand you. You make a shitload of money. You dress like a banker. What are you doing this for? Action. Action. Good old American action. If you really want to stare death in the eye, you should have gotten married. <laughs> Is that a proposal? So, pardon the derogatory term, but Beverly Hills Wop. Mm, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just cringing at Wop. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah, which ironically was originally Beverly Hills Cop was originally supposed to be a Sylvester Stallone. Is it the one that turned into Cobra? Like, yeah. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Because he wanted to make a serious movie. Too much stupid shit. I know. <laughs> In, like this one, uh, I think one of the reasons the director left was because he wanted to, it not to be a comedy or something like that. 
And so it's kind of the opposite of Beverly Hills Cop, where the studio wanted mm. to push it into more comedic. And I, I don't know where St- Stallone uh, stood and all that, but yeah. God, thank God he left Beverly Hills Cop. That'd be oh my God, yeah, we're so we much be better for how it. things turned out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's also uh, a moment during the trial of Tango and Cash, where and this one I will admit it's it's a more obvious movie reference that that makes a little bit more sense it was uh a little bit more time but still but while you're while you're pulling up that other clip the the last clip you played has one of many things i really enjoy about the script is um the lines that were written expressly for the trailer like when he says good old-fashioned american action i'm Mm -hmm. like that is that's going right into the trailer oh yeah like they know what they're doing all right so this is the one that i'm talking about when these two guys show up, I figure the whole thing's gone sour. So I'm gonna go in and clear everything up. When they kill it. When this is over, we have to pay Jabba the Hutt here a visit. I'll bring the chainsaw. <laughs> Nothing at this time, Your Honor. I'll bring the beer. I don't understand. I'll bring the chainsaw. I'll bring the beer. I'll bring the beer. But... Yeah. <laughs> Stallone so, has to get jokes. They're in gonna about make a food too. They're gonna make a night of it, I guess. I don't. Yeah. Is. Is that a thing? Him joking about food? In this one, he's like, you're not too good about counting your calories, are you? Or like, and then he says another thing, too. Like, you can tell he's just completely fucking obsessed with his own body. And like, it yeah. really seeps through into all of his movies. I was watching an interview with uh, Kurt Russell and Sylvester Stallone right before we started. I didn't have a chance to pull any clips or anything. But uh, they were on Arsenio talking about Tango and Cash. And uh, Sylvester Stallone was like pretty fixated on the fact that like he's not as you know jacked up as he like normally is Mm. yeah of Um, course he is yeah because he's usually a fucking beast but he looks relatively normal it still looks crazy in a suit like he he wears a suit most for the first half of the movie and it's like it looks insane on him uh i almost wonder what would happen if you switched the actors and had kurt russell although kurt russell's too much of a like rough and tumble kind of guy but I, I don't know that I buy Stallone as like a rich yuppie go- cop. You know what I mean? I don't think that he's either of them. Yeah. Yeah. I feel I, like I that think... was also part of. Sorry. I feel like that was also the kind of like when I see it, I feel like that's part of the, the joke is it's like it's another thing. It's for the trailer. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, when people see Stallone wearing glasses. Oh. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. Yep. Like casting against type. Yeah. Like that thing is, yeah, Kurt Russell's versatile where he could believably do sure. both roles. Yeah. And for Stallone, it's just like, oh, nudge, nudge, wink, wink. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone's wearing a button down shirt. Yeah. <laughs> Not for long. Well, and also there's like the wink, wink of the moment where uh, Catherine, Terry Hatcher, sneaks uh, Kurt Russell out of the Cleopatra Club because there's all these cops there. So the only way to do it is to dress him up as a <laughs> sexy lady. Birdcage totally ripped off Tango and Cash. Oh, oh yeah. that's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, it, it, I'll just play a, a little clip of this when uh, y- the reveal happens with the very obvious saxophone music. <laughs> Why is it not the Blue Oyster Bar music? (laughs) 
doctor, huh? Kiki? Hey, bud, get your hands off my property. Any uh, chance of a freeway? Bikes on bikes, eh, Captain? Okay, reminding us that the 80s are not over. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So it's so interesting because like this movie is, it's so 80s, like Reagan era. It's very like pro-cops, war on drugs. Uh, You know, criminals are disgusting, filthy monsters. Like they go into this prison and there's open flames everywhere. There's trash being thrown all over the place. And yeah, it's just like criminals are the scum of the earth and they belong in jail. Aren't you happy you have these super cops protecting you? Yeah. One thing that I just except for that one really horny cop that we just heard right there. (laughs) One thing that's like that does not ring true, especially in today's, uh, you know climate is that there's no fucking way cops would turn on each other in this way. You know what I mean? Like they basically, once they're accused of this murder, the entire LAPD turns against them. Like you scum. It's like, no, in real life it'd be like, you want me to help you cover this up, guy? Like, I'll I'll go on the stand for you if you want. Yeah. Like, it, there's there's no way these cops would be held hey, accountable. Blue lives, blue lives matter. Yeah, I was gonna say they didn't have the blue line flag then. Yeah, so yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was a lot harder. Yeah, well, yeah, that's one of the notes I have. Is like, is also you see like t- like when Tango and Cash are reinstated at the end, and it's like front page <laughs> heroes are back. Tango and Cash are back on the force. It's like. Like, when was the last time, if it has ever happened, that we knew the names of cops from the headlines, not because they were racist pieces of shit? Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I don't know the name of any cops that aren't just like recently in the news for killing people. Yeah. And, um, oh, God, uh, that may... Oh yeah. Also, when when do these? Why are these two cops on the front page of the newspaper? One like above all the, the fold, time. One, yeah. It's like you know, <laughs> Gabriel Cash does it again. It's like that's never. Nobody ever reports on that stuff. Oh, you know what? I actually did take a picture of the screen. I got to bring it up of the um, another article that was on the front page when Tango and Cash are being celebrated at the end, oh, and awesome. it's. Children who dress for excess. Today's youngsters have become fixated with fashion. The right look isn't enough. It also has to be expensive. When 15-year-old Michael Thomas left home for school last May, he couldn't have been prouder. Uh, On his feet, thanks to his mother's hard work, were a pair of spanking new Air Jordans. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, um, wow. I, I, I mostly took the picture because it it references somebody named uh, James Martin who shares a name with a, a friend of ours. A friend of ours, yeah, oh, that's so funny. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that we brought that up because, yeah, that that's what else is on the front page. Like, w- this is Los Angeles, and that's mm-hmm. the front page of the news. <laughs> yeah, and that is the most like boomer dad like complaint stuff. Like, yeah, Although kids in their expensive clothes. I'm pretty sure I saw at the beginning that it's not the L.A. Times that all these newspapers are. It's the Los Angeles Chronicle, which makes me think of Dan, our hometown. How there were the two, oh. there were the two small town newspapers. <laughs> Daily Journal and Cranford Chronicle? Or there was the, 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 the Westfield Eagle. Leader. 
No, no, no. The Cranford oh, Eagle. Oh, the Cranford the Eagle. Cranford Chronicle. <laughs> I thought Eric, the Cranford we... Eagle was like came about later. I. Well, yeah, I mean, but still, there were two, like, Eric, the town where we grew up, so small, mm-hmm. and, like, there were two competing newspapers. newspapers. Competition <laughs> makes everyone's game better, because then it's like, well, I gotta get the scoop. I gotta yeah. scoop the eagle, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Can't let them get the scoop on what's what's happening. Yeah, you know, I need to find out about, like, school budgets before they do. Yeah. <laughs> like, the well, there was a council know. meeting last night, so, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Rushing yeah, to their I, editor. I, I'm curious. I want to look into that. I don't even Stop know if they're the both presses. still around. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like, the pa- there's our remake of the paper. We'll just set it at the Cranford Chronicle. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, so, anyway... You just said stop the presses. We're talking about Jack Palance in Batman. Uh, this movie, um, or, or I should say Batman, which came out this year, uh, was the movie that Sylvester Stallone says uh, kind of ruined the like big muscle-bound action movie uh, with the casting of Michael Keaton, allegedly. Oh, I was hmm. gonna say it's funny that you should say that because I was just I was thinking a moment ago how we, you know we were talking about like ridiculousness for like Tango and Cash on the front page of the paper and I was thinking it was like well that's because in the eighties that's who the superheroes were were like these super cops played by Stallone and and whatever Kurt Russell and uh, Schwarzenegger where there weren't really like other than the Superman franchise and then in 89 Batman yeah you didn't really have superhero movies there mm-hmm. weren't you know I mean like that that wasn't real I mean not not really until uh like 2008 when Marvel came, like there is you had yeah, the they were seen as like Nolan. low rent yeah yeah so there really wasn't you know like there weren't heroes yeah. to have in the in on the front page of the newspaper mm-hmm. and maybe i'm influenced because i've i watched justice league so i'm oh. you know, thinking of the world mourning superman for about three and a half hours yeah uh, <laughs> i haven't seen this the snyder oh, i haven't seen any of the cuts of justice league to be honest and eh, then you're fine yeah i think i feel that's how i feel it's you'll be I okay yeah i, well, I was gonna say there today there just doesn't exist other than like john wick and maybe that new nobody mm. movie oh i can't wait like, to see nobody a lot of hard r or r-rated action movies it's all comic book movies like yeah. in, that are in this kind of you know mold i think that there's a lot of straight to streaming stuff that mm. you know just doesn't get the attention what are you gonna say dan well, I was going to say, I thought that was what was refreshing about more so the Expendables movies than mm-hmm. the, you know, the more recent Rambo. And I guess, like, if you want to lump Creed in there, um, but really, like, those, I think that was what was refreshing about those was that they were back to that, like, you know, hard R action, um, you know, just like in- innovative sequences bad guys who can't hit a damn thing yeah. um you know yeah evil henchmen which by the way brian james as the oh evil henchman God. in this is so good mm-hmm. uh i don't know he's so he's oh, ridi- lo- he's, he, yes, he's he's ridiculous so, of course he's, he's so ridiculous. 1989 you know lead henchman yes. exactly yes his ponytail that ponytail oh that red and ponytail. his accent 
Yeah, and the yeah, Cockney the accent. accent, ridiculous. <laughs> Get away and drop me. I love it when he no sells like the being hung off the the the, the building, and he's like, "Go ahead, yeah, drop me." I would, yeah, well, I would be so scared if that was happening. Let's listen. Oh my god, yeah. yeah. Let's listen to the the bit that comes right after that. Blowing a man's head off with a fucking hand grenade is a touch much, don't you think? You got your way. I got mine. You know, I'm kind of glad you didn't want to talk, Raheem. You know that? Let me just shoot him in the goddamn leg. He'll Raheen. talk. I don't want the leg. I want the whole package. Maybe he doesn't know anything, okay? I don't really care. What do you mean you don't care? What the fuck is this? You're a cop. Like I was a cop. But because of his dirtbag and his friends, we're on the run. No, it's payback. That's enough. I mean it. Is it? Oh, man, I heard about you. Did you? I heard you were a fucking Section 8. I didn't believe all that weird sadistic bullshit I heard you pull, but you are, man. You're for real! If you don't want to get sticky, get back. Jack. Dun, 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 dun. You got it, sicko. You must have known you had a boner, Eric. <laughs> you blew it big time, pal. This asshole's out of control. Did you have a boner during this uh, It's never stopped. I mean it. You're on your own. I'm out of here. Don't forget the right. You are my vote for the Psycho Hall of Fame, asshole! You got it! You really do look like shit in a ponytail. No. no I'm sorry. Bye bye, buddy. Bye, baby. I don't want to hear it. Perrette! The geezer you want's Perrette. He's Perrette. Who the hell is Perrette? The bloke with me in prison. He's the governor. Yeah, where's he now? Where's the governor? Look at this. Right away for you. Think he's telling the truth? I don't know. But it's not raining, and he's standing in a puddle. Mm, disgusting. You know, Potato Head, you just fell for the oldest routine in the book. Bad cop? Worst cop. <laughs> oh, almost oh. high five. The almost <laughs> high five. Yes. I they, love the good cop, bad cop there. Well, yeah, the bad cop, worst cop. There's so yeah. much fun. I I love it. I love the two of them. Yeah. They they have pretty good chemistry together. It's they a shame really they didn't do. do more. Yeah. Yeah. At the I, time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At right. The time. Yeah, yeah uh, in that Arsenio clip that's just on YouTube, they talked about like a project that they were maybe going to be working on a few years earlier, but that fell through. And I don't know, but remake like, of it, the Odd Couple. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, that's what this is—its um, own special remake of the Odd Couple. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I think that it—I'm um, glad that things worked out the way they did because this movie's great. It's so much fun. We'd be remiss <laughs> if- in a bottle. Yeah, it it really is. It's yeah. it it'd be so hard to recreate this kind of magic. Uh but we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about Owen, the weapons <gasps> oh, man, Kurt yeah. Russell's weapons guy. Yeah, <laughs> so Michael J. He, Pollard. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh people might remember him from Bonnie and Clyde. He's like the That's the where third, okay. Yeah. I didn't bother Bonnie looking him up. Clyde. I know this guy. Roxanne, I, had, I love him in Roxanne. Roxanne. I had just um, watched Bonnie and Clyde like a month ago, and I was like, "Who is this weird dude? He seems so familiar." And it's like, "Oh yeah, he pops up in these things." And yeah, he's Scrooged. That's Scrooged. Mm-hmm. He's mm-hmm. great in that. He. So we find out about his talents at the beginning because Cash has a boot that has like a shotgun in it, like a gun inside of a boot. It's like a weird. Yeah, I don't know. Creation. It, it's kind of like um, it's a huge James Bond relationship, except yeah, he's for like he's deep. like off his gourd. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah, yes. My favorite invention of his is he has a new. Uh, it's like a for protection for seniors. Uh, it's called the, the dog. Pooch. 
Yeah. And it's a stuffed dog with a gun in its mouth. It looks terrible. <laughs> it looks so bad. <laughs> and then I, it just explodes. So um, I have the uh, a clip pulled from the introduction of the RV from Hell, which will feature some Owen. So at the end, before oh, they yeah. go face off with uh, Perrette, they, uh, they pay a visit to Owen. They don't notice it's there until he flicks on the one oh, light that wasn't on it. <laughs> Double armored, bulletproof glazing all around. 120 millimeter cannon on the driver's side. Transfer case has torque splitting. It'll seat 60 in five and a half seconds and pull high tens in the quarter. What is that? That is an RV from hell. Care to join me? So it's there- what? Oh no, there's another line uh, in that scene when he says, uh, when Kurt Russell goes, this is a violent work of art. That was another one where I was like, that's for the trailer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Owen has like the, like the gigantic, like magnifying glass attachment to like his, you know, head and he's got, you know, he just looks insane. He's an insane looking person to begin with, but he just looks even crazier with all yeah, this stuff Yeah, he has that weird him. little voice. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's great. Great character and, he, and like great casting for, for him. Is he yeah. associated with the LAPD in some way or is he just like Cat Gabriel Cash's tinkerer it's, friend? It seems like he is in some way because he's like, oh no, this is meant this is like reserved for something else and they're just like oh we'll bring it back without a scratch mm-hmm. on it and stuff so it seems like he's in some way affiliated with the lapd in, in that little subplot of him being worried about that that rv from hell yeah. is so unnecessary in that final like when they're storming the the yeah. like bad guys headquarters you just hear him or see, maybe even see a video a feed of yeah. him be like hey what was that hey cash what's that noise <laughs> yeah guys you there <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny i i love how weird that is it's just uh, well, beautiful it's weird because when he unveils it i'm like oh did he make this for them to like raid the bad guys headquarters mm-hmm. and then I made when he's this like oh I thought it's a per- someday you would need something to go into a crazy situation <laughs> Have fun storming the castle. Yeah. Oh, wrong. All right. Um, but because it seems like he's kind of like, oh, this is going to be perfect for you. And yeah. I'm like, why were you putting on that pitch? Why were you like, why did you unveil it in that manner? If yeah. you were just like, oh, no, I don't actually don't use it. Don't no, touch it. Guys, I was just showing this to you. Yeah. <laughs> this perfect thing that you need. But anyway, this dog. Check yeah, this the out. Pooch, take the yeah, pooch. The with pooch. Take the pooch. <laughs> apparently jack palance uh that just reminded me and like maybe it was arsenio agreed to do the movie because he really wanted to do a scene scenes with stallone but then all the scripts got the script got changed so much that he didn't even have a scene with stallone <laughs> yeah right yeah, yeah that's an interesting piece of information i'm like uh, I, i'm imagining jack palance but when do i get to do a scene with stallone i, wanna, I can't do a good jack palance i want to do a yeah. two-hander with stallone <laughs> <laughs> But instead, he gets Billy Crystal just a few years later. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, he got in, to do scenes effect. with James Hong in this. And That's true. James, James Hong. Hong uh, James Hong is always great. I'm always He's happy great. to see his name in the credits. Yeah. Big Trouble, uh, Little China. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it is funny uh in very 80s how he he's basically, if there's a, an Asian gang in every 80s movie, 
there's your guy. He's going to be your there. guy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that um, clip wise I wanted to play before we move on to Could, our kind of thought experiment. What's up, Dan? Um, uh, do you have uh, Jeffrey Lewis giving the exposition? Oh, yeah. So uh, this is the scene after Tango and Cash meet back up uh, with Catherine. Oh, and, wh- oh you're talking about another I'm- one? Oh, no, 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 no. That's what yeah. I mean. But sorry, as you're summarizing it, I also want to point out it's a little ridiculous. How is it that Cash and Catherine get to that point where she's massaging him on the couch and no one has explained to him that she's Tango's sister? Yeah. Wouldn't that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, wouldn't wouldn't that have been like as they're on the way out the club? Like, yeah, I'm I'm Ray's sister. Like, I can help you out. You can trust me. Yeah. And even I'll go one further. Even just clarifying, like, no, we weren't having sex. I mean, I guess Cash kind of wants him to think they're having sex because it's right. fucking with him. Yeah. Yeah. That yeah. massage scene but is something else. I also want to point out something pretty interesting. So the different like captains that each tango and cash have so tango's captain is jeffrey lewis whose daughter is juliette lewis and mm. cash's captain is uh the father oh. of like david arquette and, and uh, eddie oh no 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 his captain is eddie bunk the, D- L- lewis arquette is the fbi oh guy yeah, that's right. he's the fbi guy. setup yeah yeah no actually um t- it was cash's captain is eddie bunker who people would probably know most from reservoir dogs oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah. he's the one in the beginning who talks about like madonna and he's like i was into her stuff until true blue and then i turned out (laughs) yeah so yeah let's listen to this crazy jeffrey lewis scene uh yeah the double impact episode please listen to it because we talk a lot about him and i like I know that I've seen him in a bunch of stuff, but I, I never paid attention to him as much as I have been the past few weeks since we've been sure. Lawnmower yeah. Man. Lawnmower Man is the only one I haven't seen Lawnmower Man in so long. But uh, he just brings this crazy energy, and I love it. <laughs> Can you believe it? She got the brains in the list. Tell me it's none of my How do you business. Figure it? What are brothers for? I don't. I don't know, and I don't want to know. Well, I'll tell you anyway no. to protect against guys like him. All right. Look it up in the Big Brother him. All right, that's it. Hey, you're not going to run us in, are you? No, but I can only keep the department off your backs for another 24 hours. The feds are on the case. <laughs> feds are on the case. I suggest feds. you slip into something a little more butch, and you get rid of Daffy Duck there and try to clear your names. Your twin brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he's got this terrible wig on. Yeah. yeah. It's awful. Maybe that's why he Slip into something a little more butch. Yeah. Man. Jeez. So. Like you're not here yeah. to make wisecracks. You're here to give us information that we right. need to understand the movie. Yeah. So what's crazy is he's sitting there smoking a cigarette, like lounging back in this chair. And he, it's almost like he forgot to tell them like, oh, yeah, that's right. You have 24 hours to get to <laughs> this. Place. Well, because otherwise it would have been like you have 24 hours in two minutes. He needed to start them at the 24 he's like, hour mark. Wait yeah. for the uh, minute hand, the second hand to go around one more time. Yeah, I do love that line. It's like starting when five minutes ago. Yeah. <laughs> You've just been sitting here lounging back, smoking a cigarette. I was having a cigarette. <laughs> what? Am I going to interrupt my break? And cash took it. He's like, I'm on my government mandated break. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, but yeah, so anyway, we, you know, we talked about how this movie was kind of lightning in a bottle and how their chemistry was so good. But like, uh, Dan, should you bring this back nowadays? What might you do? Oh, man. I mean, I would love to see it live on in, in like midnight showings. Uh, um, you know, it's not a long movie. It doesn't overstay its welcome. It's well, it's got a great pace. And I would just love to, I don't know, turn this into like a, you know, it's, it does have a cult following. So I I think that's kind of where once we can do such things as go to midnight showings of movies at movie theaters, like I would love to go see this at a drive-in. I, that would be mm. awesome. Yeah. Um, In terms of, of like, if I had to do anything with it, um, so the two routes that you could go is, so Sylvester Stallone, uh, a couple of years ago was doing interviews saying he wanted to do Tango and Cash 2 and you know, that, that he and Kurt Russell just needed to kind of connect and Kurt Russell was just like, uh, yeah, I heard he said that, whatever. Uh, <laughs> and he's like, I um, still have a viable career, you know? So it's like, why not? So at, at one point, <laughs> At one point, Cash mentions alimony payments, which leads me to believe that perhaps he has a child. And so why not have like this is what Sylvester Stallone does nowadays. So why not just find a way to bring Stallone back and team him up with whoever is Cash's child? Wyatt Russell? Yeah, oh, yeah. There, Kate Hudson. I don't know. I mean, I know that's not. <laughs> biologically uh yeah but, but Wyatt um, russell who's yeah, no you know white hot right now with um falcon and winter soldier oh okay yes sorry i didn't i was not making the connection there for a moment but yeah. yes so i mean so that's you could do that you could do a straight up remake but i feel like it's you're not going to capture like there's something about this movie i mean even the fact that it was released um like at the end of 1989, so it was probably the the last action movie of the 80s. I mean, of course, you know, other action movies were probably already made and were in post-production at that point. But, like, it's your last action release of the, ni- of the 80s. And I don't know. I, I'm having a hard time seeing a, a remake that would that would make it worth it. Like the, I don't think you can bring back what works about this because it's not necessarily about the story mm-hmm. or anything that you could transfer into. Um, I'm, I mean, like it's about that, the, those eighties set, like the zip lining down the wires and the, you know, like the actual, those action sequences, you know, the electrocutions and all that. And a lot it, of electrocutions just, in this. Yeah. A lot of electrocutions. Yeah. And it's like, and we don't have action heroes in that, in that vein anymore. Mm-hmm. And I don't think we need to, I think it, like I would, I would really just rather see it kind of just given more respect. I think as an, like, I hate looking at Rotten Tomatoes and seeing like a 30% score and I get yeah. it. It's not a movie made for critics, but like, I would like to see some like, you know, revisionist history being done on on Tango and Cash and and maybe give it the the proper respect mm-hmm. that it okay. deserves. Okay. So 
I was thinking something a little different. We are, you know, this is this episode is coming out in April 2021. We are on a in a in a positive look, you know, momentum for uh, seeing the end of pandemic times. Um, not that it's super soon, but it's going to be happening. And you know, there's a lot of talk about how. You know, there's this is going to be the new Roaring Twenties. Once everything is kind of back to normal, everyone's going to be so excited to go out and do things and take advantage of of what's out there a little bit more. And I think that there's going to be a resurgence in like I don't know destination restaurants. So that's why I think that there should be a Tango and Cash's theme not maybe not like this movie theme but just an 80s theme restaurants with that crazy ass burlesque kiki dancer type oh, of bullshit yeah. with the fans and the streamers and the sequins and everything and uh i think that they just need to open up a you know a cleopatra club called tango and cashes Wait, when you go to this like theme restaurant, is there like a, are there like actors working there? There's like a night, there's like a shootout during every seating. And I don't think that they can like, do that. I don't think it's such <laughs> a good idea, Dan. <laughs> no, not these days. You don't think? I no, mean, not I don't in an think that's such a good idea. Of... I don't think that's such a great idea, Dan. No, I think it's a great idea. <laughs> no, you don't think so? You... No. I mean, so basically, would you just could they just take Planet Hollywood and kind of revamp it? All those empty Planet Hollywoods sitting around. Um, You know, I don't know. Get creative. Uh, But the thing is, like, who doesn't love nostalgia? I feel like it's the same group of people who love going out and, like, doing funky things. I mean, uh, Eric, you live in L.A. There are certainly a lot of those, like, theme pop-up, like... Saved yeah, by the, the Bell. Saved by the Bell, yeah. The mm-hmm. Austin Powers and all those types of things. And it's just like the a Tango and Cash one would be so weird that it almost could work really well. It would be well. so weird. <laughs> that, would, yeah. that would be really uh, <laughs> a dark horse candidate for <laughs> that sort of treatment. Yeah. I don't know. But that's the thing is just like I don't think that I'd want to see a sequel because I don't want to see present day Stallone, uh, you know, taking part in anything like this. I think that I, you know, he kind of overstayed his welcome a little bit in the Creed stuff, but Mm. uh, as we talked about, I think on our last episode, you know, he's not going to be in the next one. So that's kind of good. And, uh, you know, I could, I could see Kurt Russell doing something, you know, he was in guardians of the galaxy two, And, um, he was in Suicide or uh, no, Stallone is in the new Suicide Squad, but like, yeah. um, well, Kurt Russell, Kate Fillet, that's right, they were both in great, yeah. Oh, that's right, they're both in the second Guardians of the Galaxy. That's, oh, that's right, yeah, very that's interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. Not, hmm. not together, no shared no. screen time, but oh, that is unfortunate. That's sure a good point. I forgot that the there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're just like, hey, rub biceps, <laughs> yeah. Bump Douglas, as he says it. <laughs> the Honka Chunka oh from Demolition Man. Yeah. Oh. oh. <laughs> Demolition Man's so good. Yeah. Love that movie. It really is. It's wonderful. So, Eric, not to put you on the spot, but did yeah. you happen to think of any way that this might be brought back? 
So a lot of my thoughts have already been uh, echoed here, especially Dan, you really hit the nail on the head with like there, there's just something so lightning in a bottle about this movie. And I think it's troubled production and all of the, you know, various directors and going $20 million over budget and reshoots. Like they called in like the special like editor whose job is to fix broken movies to make it work. Oh, no. So I think a lot of that all just contributes to this insane movie that's so hard. It'd be so hard to replicate. Um, and the premise itself isn't like worthy, I don't think, of a reboot. But um, I think I would, if I were, you know, gun to my head, you got to make something Tango and Cash related. I maybe would like to see Tang, like, Stallone and Russell back together probably not as the two main characters but they're at least like retired cops they got a, they come out of retirement for one final caper they have to do together and then i was thinking like who would who would make like a good if you were to reboot it who who would be a good like cast pairing and sort of the best i could come up with cuz i don't think there are a lot of like super charismatic action stars in the way that there were in the 80s and that's probably just my own prejudice seeping through <laughs> but i know the two guys who are funny and look good and are friends and that chemistry i think would be important is uh Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds oh. <laughs> as Tango and Cash that might be fun It'll i think they would enjoy shitty, doing though. that they would in, at least yeah. enjoy doing that which i think would maybe come across on the screen i'm a big proponent of actors just having so, a good time on having set a great time. <laughs> I, who would you, know, you put in in which in which role uh, right, question I, yeah it's a good question i know where i went but i, I think it'd be the Ryan Reynolds and the Cash and and Gyllenhaal and the Tango yeah would probably probably be i don't know i could see him either way though but yeah. and then i was like well maybe we don't go white white guy with them and who would it be and i'm not sure maybe like a damon waynes jr or something i think he could do have fun well with that kind of on role. this podcast we want to put oscar isaac in just about everything so. oh hell yeah oscar yeah. Isaac! Oh, i love oscar isaac oscar isaac could be the villain he could be uh oh, yes. oh yeah yeah so uh you know when you're talking about charismatic action stars the first person that comes to my mind is chris hemsworth mm -hmm. who you know he's certainly got the like yoked body but also is super funny and uh mm -hmm. just enjoyable to watch but no i think that you're totally right um they seem to enjoy each other very much and I, I think they're also buds with uh hugh jackman i think that the three of them are like oh hugh jackman uh, would be he'd a be great a great villain too yeah yeah he would be um yeah so but uh, yeah i guess at the end of the day it's like we probably just shouldn't do anything with this movie because that's it's, that's it's what we so usually realize when we do this podcast. yeah yeah <laughs> wait what about travolta what if you brought travolta in to do it like jack palance style but yet oh, travolta that could be crazy enough to travolta. work like, i mean oh if him, him as <laughs> like uh I, just thinking about it is like exhausting i don't know his turn in uh, that oj Oh mini series was so oh. fucking good that like yeah yeah sign me up i'll see travolta do that, that. oh jay mini series so is magnificent it's so it is, good it covers all juice juice that's my david Schwimmer. <laughs> it, it, like the entire spectrum of acting like from gloriously mm -hmm. scenery chewing to like um oh my god why the only person on I name? feel like that really works Sarah Paulson. Sarah Paulson. Sarah mm. Paulson. Sarah yeah. Paulson. But no, that's as the thing. Marcia Clark, like, there's she all this, was like, great as Marsha Clark. 
There's not like Nathan Lane is definitely Bailey. And oh, all this, so like, that was fun. Yeah. That was all fun. these like they're fun Who's performances. Alan and then there's and then like Sarah Paulson Dersh? is like oh, my God, Dersh. she's amazing. I don't know who, who was, was Dersh. I don't remember. Dersh oh, um, oh, wait, Schwimmer was Kardashian. King. Yeah, Juice. Um, who was Juice? Uh, Juice. I'll look it up. I don't want to put another spot. Oh shit. And Cuba Gooding Jr. as. God, he looks nothing like OJ no, Simpson. No, he really looks nothing like OJ Simpson at all. Uh, but like so it kind of works. Like yeah. especially oh, that Evan Handler. Yes, oh, Evan yes, Handler. Yes, 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 yes. Right. The ball, yeah, the ball guy, yeah. So weird. That was so weird. We were all just I, like you know, there was like that OJ craze because there was the documentary that came out like right at the mm-hmm. same time. Man. Fun times, fun times. I, I told you about my O.J. Simpson pogs that I had, right, from the 90s? I don't know. I had no. O.J. Simpson trial pogs. I was uh, I was just looking through some old uh, Instagram posts because I was trying to see if I had... I, I was surprised I only had, like, one photo that I'd taken at the Arclight. Um, mm, you know, we, yeah, the news oh. just came out that it'd be that it's to be closed. Yeah, I know. And I uh, I saw a picture of my old like pog board with like skulls on it, and it's like, who was I? <laughs> what was I doing? <laughs> you so you had OJ Pogs. OJ Pogs. Yeah, they came in a sheet, like, and you could punch mm. them out. And I think I did punch them out. I should have saved them. Man, that would be. They'd probably be worth nothing, but to me, they'd be worth everything. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Just to show people. Yeah. 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 Just to, just to post uh, on social media. It's, it's OJ Pogs. Yeah. It's a discussion piece for dinner parties. It's right in the middle <laughs> in of my podcasts. table. <laughs> yeah. Podcast. I bring it up every podcast. Yeah. Uh, is there anything anybody else wants to mention about Tango and Cash before we let everyone know what we're doing on the next episode? Uh, there's one line that really bugged oh. me, which is uh, Clint Howard is oh, uh, Stallone's. Slink, uh, slinky. The yeah. Slinky. Yeah. There's one line. Uh, where I think either he or Cash calls him cousin it. Yeah. Yeah. That's when he's right. clearly a fester type. Stallone. <laughs> yeah. Stallone throws that in. And uh, I bet that no one was like ballsy enough to let him know like, Hey, uh, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Wrong one. He's not yeah. Harry. He's I the opposite. Pugsley. Of. <laughs> I would go yeah. Pugsley. Yeah. Pugsley. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Totally. I wouldn't have gone any of them. No. No Adams no. Family? Eddie Munster? Yeah, maybe. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> or just nothing. Or just maybe nothing. Just nothing. Clint Howard. <laughs> Clint yeah, Howard. I'm just going to leave you and Clint Howard here alone. Yeah. Clint Howard over here. This yeah, Clint Howard always... looking motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> like, what a treat that guy is. <laughs> why bother? Like, why bother? Why not? Yeah, why yeah, punch down? Howard. <laughs> yeah no one's gonna question it uh so uh i well we'll talk about what we're gonna do in the next episode but eric do you want to tell anybody uh, about I, I mean we talked about kill streak but if you want to let everyone yeah. know i guess if you listen to yeah, podcasts no, I, what you're I, doing you know how to find it yeah uh check out kill streak please uh pass it on to people who are horror movie fans uh also uh a movie it's not a movie a tv show that i worked on that i'm really proud of 
uh, is now on Netflix. It's called Last Chance You Basketball. Yeah. Um, it is a documentary series about a basketball team in East Los Angeles. Um, it's very, very good, if I may say so myself. And uh, I, I highly recommend you check it out. I was just talking about it with a couple of my friends the other day who oh, awesome. uh, I don't know if they've seen they have. Wa- yeah, they have watched uh, the basketball season and I, I got to be like, oh, yeah, my buddy is a producer <laughs> on that, you know, like doing yeah. that whole thing. But uh, no, it is exciting because and, and actually, you know, pretty much right before pandemic, I was out in L.A. and I um, met up with you at mm-hmm. the post-production office and, you know, happen to see a couple couple shots of uh the show and you were yeah. even telling me then like this is going to be something really really great and yeah I, I know that it's seems to be getting a lot of good attention on netflix so that's pretty cool. yeah so check it definitely check it out I, it, you know i i'm not it's not my show but i think it's good <laughs> <laughs> well dan should we let everyone know what we're going to be doing on the next episode On the next episode of Ruined Childhoods, we will be tackling the 1992 cult comedy, dare I say classic, Death Becomes Her, directed by Robert Zemeckis, starring Meryl Streep, Bruce Willis, and Goldie Hawn. (gasps) I didn't even realize the connection that we were doing. We'll we'll have Goldie Hawn on the next episode, as well she's, as Bruce Willis, who fits into oh, that '80s action. I thought you were saying that she was going to be a guest. I was like, she's a guest. Fuck Eric Goslin. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. We yeah, got Goldie no. Hawn on the next one. No apology We've necessary. We got Goldie Hawn. Yeah. No. Absolutely. I couldn't get her for the first Wives Club episode, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah no. No, I'm excited. We're going to talk about Death Becomes Her, which, uh, you know, Academy Award winner. Uh, death yeah. becomes her for best visual effects. Yeah. So, yeah, it'd be fun. Well, Eric, thank you so much for hanging out with us on this. Uh, it's I can't thank believe you. it's taken 112 episodes before we had you. On. <laughs> yeah, man, it's it's hard to it is hard to like schedule these things. I That's I true. know it. we we usually record ours last minute. And, yeah, and we don't do we don't yeah. typically have guests. Like yeah, I think we're yeah. up to about seven or <laughs> at this point. Yeah, but same with uh, us. Yeah, we you into yeah. proud. Yeah, but uh, it's it's a lot of fun. You know, you and I started doing the podcast thing like over 10 years ago. Yeah, it's Actually, crazy. probably about 10 years ago with uh, Stranger Fan Fiction, which was a colossal Don't mistake. Up. Don't look it up. <laughs> uh, but hey teens, was, hey, teens was great. We had a lot of fun mm-hmm. uh, doing that. And I, I certainly miss those old days. And it's crazy to think now that we can do this over the internet with each other in different places. And had we had that 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you wouldn't have had to come to my shitty apartments. And I was record. thinking about that. Like, I I don't think much is going to change after the pandemic as far as recording these things for myself. Because no. M- Mike is moving back to Los Angeles, but maybe we'll record oh, in right. person. But like, I don't know. This is pretty Yeah, I easy. forgot that he was out of town. Yeah. Yeah, move right before pandemic, move to Texas, Damn, and then it's going to come oh. back right right towards the end. Hopefully, oh, not going to at the end of pandemic. Yeah, well, cool. Everyone, listen to Kill Streak and and Eric. So, what yeah. we do at the end of our episodes is we uh, we conjure our Dolph Lundgren in uh, in Masters of the Universe and wish each other a good journey. So, Dan, as you venture off into the RV from hell, Dan and Eric, I, I wish you both good journeys. Good journey. Good journey. Last week, Kyle quit the band. Now we're back together. Uh, 
Misunderstanding Didn't understand It doesn't matter Now we're back together again La 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 Couldn't split up Kato and Nash That's true Couldn't split up Tango and Cash And that's also true This is our song of exalt and joy Because we only came to kick some ass Rock the fucking house and kick some ass What we gonna do with all the cash? 